0: This guy, this Ukrainian guy, their their leader, this guy is badass. Have you seen like him just wearing like green T shirts, giving press conferences? Yeah, he he's amazing. This guy's amazing.
1: This guy's uh, I don't know much about him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's like kind of media portrayal versus whatever else. But the guy does come across like a goddamn hero. <laughs>
0: All right, let me tell you a quick story. I don't know if you're going to like this topic, so I want to get it out of the way. If you like it, we could spend the whole time on it, but I'm not sure if if you're going to be into this. All right, I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. So it's about the most popular thing going on right now, the Ukraine-Russian conflict. It's not exactly about Ukraine, but it's about Russia. So something that I've always been interested in is the Russian oligarchs. So have you ever studied those folks?
1: Not studied, but, you know, okay, tell me about it. Okay,
0: so... This starts. I'm, I'm reading a thing, so you're gonna see me look off. This starts on November 3rd, 1995, in a remote uh, Siberian town called Surgut. Uh, basically, what happened in this small cabin? Uh, an auction took place for the right to lend the cash-strapped Russian government tens of millions of dollars. So, basically, in 95, the Russian government wasn't doing so hot, and they needed money, and so they got these banks uh, to come to this meeting. And they said, we need some money. We need to borrow some money. And also, as collateral, we're going to put up shares of some of the large state owned companies. Because at this point, Russia was basically going from uh, being a communist nation to being a private country. And so they still had some like state owned oil companies, mineral companies. Basically, like if you think of ExxonMobil, they like. The government like owned that. And at this point, they were trying to figure out how do we make this so private individuals can do this. And so at this meeting, uh, basically only two bidders showed up. And if more bidders wanted to come, it was kind of a pain in the ass because conveniently, there were no more flights. The airport shut down and you couldn't even book a flight to come uh, into into this small town. I, by the way, your camera's... Okay, you're there. Okay. Um, and so basically, what happened at this like small cabin is... One company made a bid to buy a or to loan money to the government. They loaned it. They loaned something like five hundred million dollars, and that was like hundred thousand dollars above the opening bid. So people were bidding to loan money, and so this this bank loaned money to the government, and then the government had to pay back the loan at a certain point, like a something like a year later. And if they didn't. The bank then was given the the collateral so the shares in this company to auction off and they could keep 30 percent of the pro, uh, profits so obviously the government didn't pay back the money <laughs> and there's like a lot of like wondering why they didn't pay up pay it back basically the idea is that the current president was like obviously this is all like we're all planning this so we don't pay this back and give us a little bit of whatever so they collusion. don't pay it back You're saying
1: it's collusion basically there was a uh, uh, a handshake wink wink agreement basically of what's going to happen here
0: yes and so the government doesn't uh pay back the loans and so now this bank is basically now has uh a minority ownership in like 12 large state-owned corporations and they basically holler at eight to ten guys guys who are already relatively successful and they basically said do you want to make a bid on this company? I'm going to make sure no one else bids on this company, but I'll give it to you. You interested? And that's exactly what happened.
1: And And why would they do that? Why would they hook up these individuals in that way?
0: They did it for three different reasons. The first reason, and a lot of this is just like hearsay. The first reason is the person who was president at the time. Who was it, Ben? What was his name? It was the fat guy who had a heart attack.
2: Boris Yeltsin.
0: Yes. He was basically said to these eight or 10 businessmen... I'm going to hook you up. You guys hook me up. When I'm when I'm when I'm in office, hook it up. I'm going to hook okay. you up whatever. So that's one theory. The second theory is that they wanted experienced managers in, in in to to run these companies. And the third theory basically is even though these 8 to 10 oligarchs put bids on these companies and basically they bought the equivalent of ExxonMobil. So we're talking about like a company that's worth billions of dollars. They paid $100 million for this company. And so these managers, these oligarchs, these eight to 10 folks, a lot of them were mildly successful, but they were all in on the government. They were all friends and friends. You know, they're all homies. They basically, they did take on risk. So like these companies did have debt and like they had to go and like collude with other people and fire the rest of the managers of the company. So it was basically almost like a PE thing, but it was like pretty dirty.
1: All right. And then I forgot to tell you this, but this is the most important thing. Uh, I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier, to be honest with you, because if you're listening to this and you like what you're hearing right now and you haven't gone and subscribed to the My First Million podcast, wherever you get your podcast, then that's the thing you got to do. There's nothing more important than doing that right now. And don't do it because I said to do it. Do it because you want to do it. But do it because that's who you are. Hey, quick break to talk about our sponsor today. We're talking about HubSpot and their new AI powered service hub. Okay, so what is Service Hub? Basically, every customer today wants to be talked to in a personalized way. And before, that required tons of human agents. But now, with AI, you could do that in a personalized way with fewer humans involved. And so you don't have to scale up your team in order to deliver personalized chat and service. So check out HubSpot's new Service Hub to use their AI tools to give better support to your customers. That's what they want and that's what they deserve. So visit hubspot.com slash service to learn how this all new solution can help you deliver customer service with AI to your customers.
0: And the government was like, yeah, we need, we want like these mercenaries to be in power because if they make these co- companies better, our, you know, our government's going to be better. The the going to be better. And so they basically profits after, after this whole deal profits to these companies grow by 50 X market caps go up by a hundred X. And so there's, here's an example. The reason I got interested in this is there's this guy named Robin, uh, Abrano. what's his name? Uh, Ben, how do you say his last name? I think it's
2: Abramovich. We're going to call him Roman. So Roman
1: even knows what the hell you're talking about right now is is, uh, impressive. And he's like a he's like a part of your brain that's like outside of your body. And you're like, "Uh, brain, what's that name? Oh, yeah, here it is.
0: (laughs) Roman's famous. Roman owns, um, we're just going to call Roman. He owns Chelsea, the soccer team. So he's like a famous guy and he owns like this, like, you know, 200 foot yacht. He's like a big deal. And basically he paid a hundred million dollars, him and his partner Boris paid a hundred million dollars and they've just they came up with a little bit of money and then they went and hollered at like other rich people and they said, Hey, loan us some money, let's buy this company. They paid a hundred million dollars for a company that is now like the eighth or tenth largest oil company in the world. So imagine paying in the mid-90s, imagine paying a hundred million dollars for ExxonMobil. Right. Insane. And so the these companies explode. Now, they explode partially because basically what these owners did, these 8 to 10 oligarchs, what they did was they purposely tanked the company. So it sucked for a long time. And then they bought out the rest of the minority shareholders. So it was, again, cronyism there. And second, these were government-run companies. So they're a shit. And so these private individuals, they did a pretty good job of making them better. And they became far more profitable. And this created like 8 to 10 guys that were worth like... Up to forty billion dollars. So at one point, one of them was worth eighty-three billion dollars, and you know things have changed. But it created so much wealth between these few folks, and it also like trickled down. So here's the craziest part: is that uh, a bunch of the managers of the company. So basically, there was like the pre- there was like the the minister of oil or something like that as a government official. He becomes he sets up this the, these one of these companies. He eventually becomes president of one of the companies and now is worth $8 billion, even though he was like a a government official. So I thought it was interesting because I actually wanted to read a book about these folks. I'm like, Oh, who's this like rich guy that owns Chelsea football? Let me like go and learn from him. And what I realized is like, I pretty much can't learn from him. I mean, I could maybe (laughs) learn some stuff, but like his process is not like replicable. I can't replicate it because he was like 38 and Russia had just fallen. And he basically turned $0 into he's worth now like 20 billion dollars all through this cronyism. But I thought it was incredibly interesting. Have you not heard about these folks?
1: I've never heard any of that in my life. Um it's crazy. It's like a it's like the big bang for like Russian rich oligarchs. It's like there was this one meeting and it kicked off this series of events that like, you know, seems kind of unfathomable how that would be allowed to happen or just happen, um, but then they also consolidated power, right? Like, didn't Putin basically like take all their money and consolidate so here's all the their second, power?
0: Here's the second interesting part of the story, and I actually learned this from listening to Ben's podcast. So basically, Putin was considered like the anti-corrupt guy for 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 a minute. Like when he was elected, he was like, you know, I'm not going to stand for that nonsense. And he made an example of one of the guys, one of the billionaires. Uh, his last name starts with a K. I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It's it's, it's a challenge. He. Um, Put this guy in jail for 14 years. And he literally put them... And so in Russia, for some reason, they put you in these like cages and you could like take pictures of these folks. Have you ever seen that? Like a like a Russian serial killer picture or anything? No.
1: Like it, Wait, so it's like visible from the outside, you mean?
0: Yeah, it's like the mugshot, but it's like literally a cage that sits on you and people can come and like take pictures. It's weird. And anyway, this guy was worth at the time like $15 billion. And Putin arrested him for not paying taxes, things like that, and put him in jail for 14 years. And he goes to the other guys, he goes... You want that to happen to you? No? <laughs> All right, let's play. And so a lot of people think that Putin is the richest man in the world. Right. And he owns one of the most expensive homes in Russia and in, in the world. It's like a billion dollar, two billion dollar house. And people are like, well, how'd you do that? It and so a, a lot of people
1: dollar think house?
0: Yeah, Ben was telling me all about it. There is it. It's a like billion
1: this, dollar house? Wow, I didn't even realize that. It's got uh, like, it's, it's, it's got, a, like, it, it's got it's, it's, yeah, it, it is like it's this whole complex.
2: It's got private beaches. It's got like pools on pools. It's got guest houses. It's basically got a hotel on it. It's like a house wow. is maybe not the right way to think of it, but it is a house. It's a private residence for Putin. And but basically, like, there's
1: no
0: proof of this, but a lot of people, because even when the uh, Panama Papers released, they couldn't find Putin's accounts. But basically, uh, a lot of people are like, well, so he made an example out of this one guy. uh, And he went to the rest and goes, y'all want to play? Let's play. And 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 now Roman, by the way, I'm really
1: hoping you'd attempt a Putin accent there.
0: Kind of no, disappointed,
1: I'm not. not gonna lie. The story is good, but it's just missing that little something. I think Ben. You are can do Ben it, but not giving me. it a shot. Ben, I think you have a little a little bit of the Russian twins in your uh, speaking you could
2: Yes, they say me. I they tell me I speak good in Russian <laughs> accent. I will try. Is this like racist? Can I do this? Is this okay? I don't, I don't know. Racist, don't worry. It's borderline. Don't worry,
1: I don't think it's a race. This, this, we, are, we have the, the cancellation vaccination. You're allowed to do a, <laughs> uh, a, a funny, funny accent here, and people as long as it's Russian. If you're listening and you took that too seriously, just swipe over and delete the podcast and go on with your life. <laughs> yeah, and
0: crazy. to wrap this up, basically, the way that these guys all work now is uh, a lot of these oligarchs are part of like the peace keeping like they're they're part of they're helping putin like negotiate peace so like the inner the way that this shit's intertwined is just bananas it's crazy and i was like trying to learn about these folks and i was like oh well like there's nothing to learn here i can't i I can't do this like this is just crazy and these guys are so wealthy and and so it's trickled down but if you basically a lot of them when that happened were in their 30s like 35 uh 38 years old and that's why I got interested in this because I was I remember years ago reading about these folks I'm like how does a 38 year old become worth 3 billion dollars what right. the hell how did a 38 year old become CEO of a diamond mining company and it All was right, it's a
1: stupid question what does the word oligarch actually mean
0: uh, I think it just means when there's a, a small group of people that are in power um, but basically it, sort of
1: like a cartel basically
0: yeah not
2: uh, well it's like uh, what do what you gonna say Ben uh, it's just like the Typically, the way that it is classically defined is over here you have a monarchy, which is ruled by a single man. Over here you have democracy, which is ruled by everyone. Oligarchy sits in the middle of, like, rule by a few people. A right
0: yeah but when we talk about russian oligarchies a lot of times people will say that just means like russian rich people uh russian wealthy rich people the way that i'm using it is that there was literally like nine guys who were given like these 12 companies and now amongst those nine guys there was like dozens more where like roman was like hey i need a homie i need a cousin to come and run this thing hook it up and so there's like it's trickled down beyond that and so now there's hundreds of them quick interruption. Do me a favor, scroll down, and you're going to see a link to The Hustle. So if you want to stay up to date on the tech and business news you need to know, check out The Hustle. It's a daily email. I used to help write it. I love it. So check it out. Scroll down below.
1: If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives I thought was pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on a... Business Insider uh, news story about Putin's wealth right now. Just because I wanted to see the billion dollar house, so the house one point three five billion. It's a crazy palace with three helicopter landing pa- landing pads and stuff like that. But the thumbnail was Putin doing basically like a bow flex. So he's he's like you know he's basically saying He's got both uh, cables. and He's like clearly about to do like a peck fly. And that was the thumbnail they chose, not one of his palace or his cars or anything like that. They chose Putin wearing. 3200 no, wearing uh, cashmere sweats that cost $1,400 and then a matching top, which just looks like a Hanes t-shirt, uh, for his workout outfit total, which was $3,200. And then it's just like, all, every picture is hilarious. It's like him choosing with a champagne. It's like only power photos, which is really funny. And to me.
0: keep in mind, this is a guy who, before this, he was in the KGB, so it's like the CIA of America. Right. So this is a government salaried person for the last 30 years. So, uh, this is crazy.
1: Yeah. Ben, how did you feel? So, you did the How to Take With The World episodes about Putin. And uh, and I called you up about this. I was like, Ben, re release the episodes. A lot of people are curious about Putin right now. Release the, ep- like, just re upload them as new episodes. But you kind of researched this guy a lot. What, I mean, can we talk about this, like, Russia Ukraine thing for a second? Yeah, let's so, do like, it. what's y'all's reaction to this? And I guess, like, you know, the disclaimers is we're not experts. We're just friends talking about, like, yo, do you hear what's going on? What'd you think about this? Uh, so Ben, what, what did you think? Cause you've spent a lot of time reading about this guy.
2: Yeah. My reaction um, is probably different from most people's. Um, I think most people who listen to my podcast view it as like an anti Putin podcast, like think it's pretty hard on him. And I think in some ways it is it calls him out for some of the bad things he's done, including murdering people. And, uh, Like, maybe doing a false flag domestic terror attack on uh, the Russian people. So, like, it's not a pro-Putin podcast. Having said that, I think a lot of people's reaction has just been, like, Putin is Hitler. He's going to keep marching through countries until we stop him. Like, all he wants is more power, more territory. He's a megalomaniac who's doing this just because he's tripping. And, um... I think that what they're missing a lot of the psychology of Putin, of um, uh, of this is someone who was, as Sam said, a part of the KGB, right? So he's a part of the Soviet empire when it's a big empire. He watches it fall from grace and then he watches his country get looted in the, in the mid to late 90s and kind of says to himself, all right, well, America was supposed to come in and make the situation better. I'm never trusting these guys again, right? And so then he's watching Ukraine get pulled closer and closer into um, the European Union and and NATO orbit and American orbit. And they're basically saying, okay, yeah, they're aligning with us, but that's their prerogative and don't worry about it. This is not, we're not going to like invade Russia or anything. And he's basically saying, no, (laughs) like that's his red line. I will never trust you guys again. And that doesn't make what he's doing right. But I think it is important to understand where he's coming right. from. So yeah. the motivation so that we can make the right decisions.
1: And yeah, what do you mean by America, uh, America was supposed to come in and fix it? What, what, what do you mean by that exactly? So you're saying post-World War or something?
2: No. So it was essentially um, as the Soviet Union is, is coming down, uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but there was some uh, essentially like committee um, with a bunch of Harvard guys who come into Moscow and are like, hey, we're the experts. This is how you do capitalism essentially. And initially there's like some optimism, right? Of, okay, well America seems pretty great. The Soviet union has not been great. And so we're excited about this capitalism stuff.
1: And it turns out it goes they just, they just wear the sweatshirts. Never went to Harvard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got them. <laughs> That's right. They were, they were pulling a bend. They were wearing the Georgetown law sweatshirt, but they didn't go to Georgetown law. They, uh, and, uh, so things, um, the, the the Russian economy really crashed during the '90s, and so that's that's what I'm talking about.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so he's like, I've I've I, you know fooled me once, shame, you know. Shame shame on whoever the fuck. Okay, so that was your reaction to this as you were sort of thinking about that. Sam, what was your reaction as you kind of saw this all play out?
0: My reaction. Let's talk about this from a. I mean, first of all, I was like, you know, screw Putin, not a fan. But let's talk about from a business or like a management perspective. When I saw when I've seen all this go through or happen i've been watching a lot of videos on reddit and admittedly like that's a usa that's an american website so i'm trying to figure out like what the truth is i'm seeing these i'm seeing two things one i'm seeing videos of like pow's uh russian pow's and there's like i didn't want to be here they go we don't want to be here we we were tricked we don't we thought we were going to practice we didn't know what was going on and they also say we thought you guys were gonna open us, welcome us with open arms. We thought that you were gonna love us. What are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you being angry at us? And so um, I see, and, and they also show the tanks, and the tanks are shit. They're like from the '80s and '90s. They're bad, like, and their weapons suck. And so I'm seeing a I. Like they're they just and and like and they were a little chubby and like people don't have like nice haircuts like they do in the mil like in American mil, like they just like undisciplined like it just doesn't seem like it's like a well oiled machine that's what I'm seeing and second
1: <laughs> these are the most random observations about this whole thing it's like Reddit videos of guys being like I thought this was a practice war that's what they've been, been saying like dude chubby fake been soldiers saying. in 1980s tanks like what,
0: what are you well, yeah I mean about? look like when you see that you're like oh this you're like like I was afraid of you but like maybe I shouldn't be like you're <laughs> We're out of shape. Um, and the second thing is this guy this Ukrainian guy, their their leader, this guy's badass. Have you seen like him just wearing like green t shirts, giving press conferences? Yeah. He he's amazing. This guy's amazing.
1: This guy's uh I don't know much about him. I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's like kind of media portrayal versus whatever else. But the guy does come across like a goddamn hero. <laughs> right. Hero. Like, when you think of the word hero, what do you think of? It's like, you know, the president who says, you know, Not I'm not just ordering you to war. I'm going to the front lines. And by the way, this guy's the finance minister. He's here. This guy's, you know, this is my press secretary. He here. hold this gun. You don't know how to do it. You have it backwards. It doesn't matter. Stand here. And like basically sending out a video being like, you know, Hey, Putin, you know, go fuck yourself or like bring it on, basically. Like, the, the only thing cooler he could have done is if he was like, Putin, meet me at the border. You and me, unarmed, hand-to-hand combat. You win, you get my country. I win, I get your country. That's the only one level up <laughs> this guy could have done as far as being, you know, the real-life macho man Randy Savage, which is kind of the way he was coming across as a, when he was I- like a real hero, brave, like very brave
0: incredibly. And what I'm learning what I'm trying to you know, when I watch the news, I try to figure uh, beyond like this is bad and I want to help, uh, the the thought is like how can I use this to improve? And my takeaway here is what Putin has done, they, they say like, he's like, uh, they showed him with, uh, giving a press conference and he was on this huge table and his generals were like literally 20 feet down on this table and he was kind of by himself. And that was kind of a, a represent, representation of him, him being a little distant. Yep. And whereas this guy was like literally on the streets, toasting coffee in the morning. Right. And my takeaway is in order to get someone to do something you have to make them want to do it. You can't force them to do it. Because if you force them to do it, it's gonna—it's a short-lived, short-term thing. Right. And with the Ukrainians, I, there was a poll where 90% of them support this guy. And they are all in the streets. They're all like pouring styrofoam into bottles with gasoline because that's how you make napalm. And they're using it for Molotov cocktails. Yeah. And they like, it sounds weird, but it seems like they're happy in the sense of like, they have a sense of purpose and they have a community and they have a mission and maybe not happy is the right word, but like a uh, purpose driven. And that's the takeaway that I have from this is if I'm going to convince people to do stuff like run it, work at a company or whatever, you need to make them want to do it, not force them to do it.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's a, that's a great point. They definitely have like sort of the, the spirit right now um, and the, the morale in the rally, there's sort of like a rally going on right now. And, you know, especially under, these circumstances you know it def- definitely like adversity is something that pulls people together so you know it's definitely done that for them or it'll break you apart depending on what your sense of purpose is and so this uh, guy's killing it man yeah
0: this guy's it, it's been really it's been a it's a it's it's a really good i don't think we've had that in america for a while it's been it's a really good example of wonderful leadership this guy is killing it and he also uses really cute phrases like he says something like uh these sound bites he's like i don't need he goes he goes America offered me a, a a lift to get out of here. I don't need a lift. I need armor piercing bullets. Yeah. yeah. That's what he said. And I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, you are Rambo. You are wonderful." Yeah. He's saying all the great stuff. He, 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 and that shit's important. And there's a reason why like have you ever heard about um where they describe old Roman emperors as uh, orders? you know, people who could speak well? Like yeah. now I understand why.
1: Yeah, totally. There, dude, I've been... Uh, so I don't normally read the news or watch the news at all. Uh, I like never, never turn it on. Don't read the newspaper. Don't go to CNN. I don't do any of it. And uh, and people sometimes like, I don't know, make fun of me or sort of tell me I'm an idiot for that. Uh, just yesterday, some guy was like, you know, terrible life choice. You know, you gotta you got to be in tune with the world's realities. And I, I just think like, you don't. In my head, I'm like, if you think the news is the world's reality, like, you know, you're watching the world's worst reality show. And um, but, I, you know, I didn't say anything to him because, you know, let him do his thing. Obviously, you know, the news is is making him a happy, cheerful person. So so I, I've always had this mindset, which is like, don't get pulled. Like, basically, I find that when people get really into government and politics, the, the phrase that my trainer said to me that makes more sense is like these people can't govern themselves. But they want to talk about, you know, what the government can do. And it's like most people fail to even govern themselves. You can't get yourself to do what you should do. why are you so worried about what everybody else should do if you can't even get yourself to do it? And I've always sort of taken that as like a way to not get sucked into like 2016. I had friends who were crying about Trump and all this stuff. And, you know, I said like, I I get it. It's not who I would have voted for, but um, I just don't worry about that. Like, this is not, I don't worry about the government. I worry about government myself. The exceptions being, Oh, there's a pandemic. I should probably like figure out what's actually going on. What is the recommended course of action? Um, Although, that basically, you know, was was not really paid off because we got a bunch of bad information, um, you know, at, at first. The second thing was, OK, there's a war going on. And this was my first experience really like watching a war break out. Like there's been wars that have just been going on forever, like India and Pakistan at the border, or like, you know, Israel, Palestine, there's just skirmishes all the time. And Afghanistan, like, you know, I didn't even realize we were in it till we pulled out, you know, like as ignorant as that sounds like it just wasn't top of mind and it didn't you didn't see it play out day by day. This is the first time I've really seen it play out day by day. So there's definitely like a kind of a crazy thing to see. I mean, just to see like, um, just to see people basically take a stand was like kind of like inspirational. Then to see like experts coming out, like on the internet, like being like, Hey civilians, this is how you like do urban warfare from your, your bedroom window. And like, there's this guy, he's like an urban warfare expert. He's like, you need to drag all your furniture out into the streets, into this S pattern. Your goal is to make it so that their vehicles cannot easily like roam your streets. They need to be making all these different turns. Everything, desks, lamps, toss it all into the middle of the street. Secondly, you know, drink water because you know you can't go three days without water. So make sure you're hydrating; otherwise, you can't fight anybody. Third, here's how you make a Molotov cocktail. Fourth, and he just had this like checklist. I was like, holy shit, is this real life? Um, and then you it's see, crazy like, man, you see like. You know, there's like what you see in the news versus I'm in these like Telegram channels where people are posting videos from like on the ground. And so you see like How totally did you, different perspectives. How'd you get in those? Uh, ben had linked me to two. Of them. I was show, I was sharing some links with him. He's like, check this out. There's a Telegram group where you can just get it. It's all in Ukrainian. Like I can't understand. I don't read. I can't read the text. I can only watch the videos. Um, or just like That's the heartbreak. Crazy. Like there's a video that was going viral of this dad just like, cause you know, they did a conscription, right? Like everybody between the ages of 18 and 60, all men, like you're now in the army. And, um, there's a dad saying goodbye to his daughter, like knowing That's he odd. may not, it may not ever see her again. And she doesn't understand. She's like a four year old kid. And like, you know, I have a two year old daughter. So that was just like, you know, I was just like, you know, shattered by that. And just, that was like, you see that and you're like this is wrong. This is so wrong. What's going on? Like it just hit in a different way. Um, And I had heard uh, on the all in podcast, they were talking about this. They go, they go, yeah, like right now the U S sentiment is like, no, don't, don't go fight other people's wars. Like don't send our our human lives into that. And then the guy, Dave Freeberg had said something, he was like, you know, I wonder how that'll change as the like sort of media starts to come out. As you start to see videos of like atrocities and kids and women and people are going to have a different reaction when they see that. And that's exactly like literally the first video I saw that was such a heartbreak. I was like, we got to do something. I got to donate some money. I I got to do that same video. I got to do something here. And so it's just been crazy to see kind of how it's all playing out. Like crazy is really the only way I could describe it. Like it's crazy that this is happening. It's crazy the way it happens. It's crazy that like life gets turned upside down for people. Like all the things I care about on a day-to-day basis instantly would be out the window if something like this happened, then you see the financial side. Like, this is crazy that this war is like, I forgot. Somebody said this, like, um, banks, not tanks. It's like, we're basically fighting Russia with financial warfare.
0: It's, it's crazy. It's way worse. Like, because I was, I was telling Ben, I'm like, Putin screwed has uh, is, he's to he screwed up the only thing that really matters rule number one don't fuck with the money yeah uh, like <laughs> don't, if you mess, don't with mess with the money paper Putin <laughs> yeah like because because money is like the, the most important money is more important than lives often uh, or at least you know that's a perception and so like yeah it's screwed up and I, I want to tell you a point I want to pump your ego so do, do you know who you, you said something you didn't say it as eloquently as I'm about to explain but Nasim how do you say his name God Tlaib. I'm so bad at names Talib. okay. So he tweeted something really good. So basically, he is the guy who, uh, anti-fragile, I forget what else he did, Black Swan.
1: Black Swan, yeah.
0: And he's kind of an oddball, but he's eccentric is a better word. And he uh, basically says, like, don't read the news. That's like what he said, has said that. Hmm. He said that for a long time. And he's like, don't read things. <laughs> uh, he, he says, like, don't, don't, uh, don't read the news. Only read things if it's like 50 years old. That's his whole point. And he tweeted out, this yesterday he's like except
1: he said, my book coming this march buy pre-order now <laughs> yes
0: and he tweeted this out yesterday and he goes most days 99.9 percent of the news is noise the last few days it's all signal mm-hmm. newspaper reading is useless except in crisis and i actually totally agree with that and that's what you said i, I read the news every day but i actually think it's kind of pointless Until it's like an urgent, urgent thing. And that bar, the threshold of what's considered urgent is actually really high.
1: Yeah. And also there's a way to like, you can use the news to inform yourself, to gather information to like, in my case, it's just like have empathy for what's going on and just not think about this intellectually. Um, But the the news can also use you and you have to like figure out where that line is. Are you, are are you using the news right now to gather what you want to gather or is the news using you as like eyeballs that they're going to drain for the, like you you bet your ass, like, you know, Fox and CNN, every news channel, like this is their, like, I'm not saying they don't care about what's going on, but this is their payday, right? This is when they get their spikes. This is when they say we have 24 seven news coverage. Stay here. Don't move. Don't change the channel. We are going to s- send you drip by drip, play by play updates. And it's like, that's actually not, The healthiest, you know, like most productive way that you can live your life is by like getting hooked onto their 24-7, you know, play-by-play update of, of this war. So, you know, that's the kind of like caveat.
0: So this is the last point I'll make, but basically one of my heroes, he's on my wall here, you can't see him, is Ted Turner. And Ted Turner started CNN. I think he started it in like 1981. But it was kind of a failure. It lost a lot of money until 1989, 1990, when when Iraq uh, invaded Kuwait. And the reason why is he sent over a bunch of news stations, uh, uh, news reporters. And it was one of the first times that a news reporter could, because of technology, could film something and it be aired live. And so it was one of the first war that was viewed live. And it changed people's sentiment of the war. And it made CNN a huge company that one year. And that's kind of like what's going to happen now, except instead of a news, instead of like a a publisher, it's going to be Facebook and Twitter. They're just going to crush for like the next couple of years because we're glued to it.
1: And dude, there's a, can I give you the kind of like the finance or crypto angle of what's going on here? So, so basically the West is doing this like financial warfare and they're like, okay, economic sanctions. So we're going to make it hard to trade. We're going to make it hard to, uh, to buy and sell goods. And then they're doing a form of like um, you know they froze they froze them out of Swift or kicked them off of Swift. Okay, so now you can't now you can't do international transfers, and then they froze the central bank assets, which was like the craziest move. That was the financial nuke. So that was where all of a sudden you know they had six hundred fifty billion dollars of reserves, and they needed those reserves. Why? Because their local currency is crashing. So I think the ruble lost what what was it like forty percent in the last day. So, so, you know, the average citizen is the one who's paying the price, right? Putin basically attacked his own citizens here because the currency is crashing. Um, nobody wants to hold this currency anymore. There's a bank, you know, people are lined up to get money out of the bank. So normally the way the government props up their currency to prevent it from spiraling to zero is they will buy it back using their reserve assets. They hold dollars, they hold euros, they hold gold, they hold some crypto, and they use that to buy back the ruble. Because it got frozen, they can't do that. And so that's going to cause the currency to go downfall. So I think this time crypto is not going to play as big of a story. But you kind of have to bet that any country out there who's watching this is probably going to say, well, we probably don't want the U.S. to be able to just freeze all our assets. So why are we holding the dollar as reserve? Why are we holding any currency that one country can uh, one country or an alliance can basically freeze? our assets or cut us off or take us out of the banking system. So I think you're going to see a pretty big move first by, you know, the quote unquote bad guys basically quote first by the folks that are afraid of the West to get out of the dollar and get more, get more heavily into crypto because this is a wake up call. Oh wow. They can just cut, they would do this. They'll cut us off completely. They'll freeze our accounts. And so I think in the next few years, you're going to see uh, different regimes like switch over to digital currencies that can't be controlled by any one country
0: for a bunch of uneducated dumbasses, I think we did pretty good with this one.
1: Yeah. We probably just said one thing or maybe it's Ben's Russian accent. Like that'll be where everyone just decides, you know, we're assholes and cancels us. But uh, other than that, you know, whatever, I think it's good.
0: So I thought the Ukraine stuff was awesome. Did you, do you agree, Ben?
2: Yeah. I thought it was really interesting.
0: I thought this is the most interesting news story. This is all I want to talk about. So I thought it was interesting and, and I think it's cool. I think it's cool that we actually talk about it. It's funny, dude.
1: I, I, so you know people don't want it either way so you i didn't if you don't talk about it it's like dude how are you not talking about this what do you you know why are you uh you think your thing is important there's a war going on like i tweeted something else out i was like oh this is really cool how this is happening this is some tech thing and somebody this guy's like bro kind of insensitive don't you think a war happening i was like oh am i just supposed to not speak about anything else Okay, okay and then you talk about the war it's like oh now you're now you're a war expert. <laughs>
0: well, you, 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 you wrote something in the Milk Road that was great. You said, um, I think the opening line was, uh, we're not going to mention the Bitcoin price today because it's not really that important. And I know what you guys are thinking, like stay in your lane, Milk Road. And the truth is, we know our purpose, but we want to talk about, and I forget uh, you went into like the, the a bunch of different stuff, yeah. but I thought that was a really good line. What did people say about uh, the Milk Road writing about?
1: this uh let's see i'm gonna i'll open up the this this thing is the the, like feedback thing is so uh helpful but also you know like daunting at the same time uh did you see
0: while you're pulling this up i'll say something did you see when i tweeted out uh are there any pro-putin people here what is your opinion i want to hear your perspective because everyone i know is 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 anti-putin and a lot of people got pissed at me for asking that and i thought that was
2: crazy
1: yeah I tweeted something else similar like that I was like hey so you know just trying to like you know educate myself like um, what would be and I, I think I said it something like um, I forgot exactly what I said it, but I was basically asking like what's the what would be the most kind of like pro Russian reason for the invasion or, no, first yeah. I was like do, do the average people in Russia does the average person in Russia um, support this right um, and then I was like you know second question is is basically like what would, uh, what would be the like strongest justification for doing this, you know, or you know if if you're, if you're like in Russia's camp, and um, you know, I didn't get too much flack for it because I like had to like hedge it like crazy, but it's so crazy that you have to like really um. Soften everything so much. <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't have to, but uh if you don't, you know, you're definitely going to like the the discussion becomes about you rather than just being able to be intellectually curious and say, yeah, I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to think for myself. And I'm not saying I disagree with anything. I just want to actually like understand all the perspectives that, you know, that exist. So I said, Steel you know, manning.
0: I want to yeah, steel, uh, steel, steel I, man this shit for I my wrote, dog.
1: I wrote, what would be the most pro pro-russian invasion reason basically if you tried really hard to think about why this is justified what would you come up with and uh and, you know then i got a bunch of answers i got 26 answers to that and i was like okay that's cool that's helpful to uh to, to hear
0: and what about the milk road what were the replies did anyone tell you to f off uh i'm opening it. Up. what do they what do they say Almost to lebron james will when lebron james gave his opinion on some stuff everyone's shut like up and dribble just shut up and dribble lebron <laughs> yeah what did anyone? they were not even your, know what
1: shut up and podcast what are they gonna tell me to do <laughs> shut up and type shot or i don't know like, i'm gonna read yeah. the first i'm gonna read the first three good like good reviews like the, we we have a, a system it's like one one milk cup like the emoji like one milk is terrible three milks is average or five milks is, is great so uh the tone the analysis the new war insights humor this is this has it all that's five uh, another five one. I like the insight into the conflict going on right now. Another one. I think you wrote this. Struck absolutely the right tone. Sam, is that you? <laughs> or is that a different Sam? Um,
0: that's not me. I, I replied. I said, this is really good.
1: Okay, great. Uh, great newsletter day, Way to have a perspective and a sense of humanity. I'm glad you avoided the business as usual and dove into how crypto is involved in this. Uh, and then they complain about one. Uh, like I made this analogy because I would said this thing, which was like, I love crypto when it's, like, helping the underdog, right? Like, when it banks the unbanked or when people's currency is inflating and they can move into this to preserve their wealth. But, like, there's an idea that, oh, Russia could use crypto to get around these sanctions. That sucks. And then I was like, oh, shit. Uh, How do I feel? It's a moral dilemma in a way. And um, and I was like, then I realized, you know, like, technology is neutral. It's neither good nor evil. Uh, It's just used. I was like, you know, the example of a car. Like, You can use a car to, you know, drop off your mother at the hospital when she needs help, or you can use a car as a getaway vehicle to get away from the, you know, crime scene. It doesn't make a car good or evil in either case. It's sort of like amoral. Um, And so some people work and some guys like disagree with that. All right, let me see if there's a one star review. Yeah, was
0: there any negativity?
1: I literally, wow, this might be the highest rated one we've had. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's one. You should effing stick to crypto and stay out of politics. Okay. Um, Number one, awful.
0: Shut up and dribble.
1: Not, not, this one. Not one. One milk. Awful. Oh, I can't miss the opportunity to suck on some political ass. <laughs> I mean,
0: what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you, think you, I, you typically hear someone say you, you'd kiss it, but not suck right. on it. it's like (laughs) i don't
1: even know it's kind of gross (laughs) i don't even know i don't even know what to make of that (laughs) and they did the thing where every other letter is capitalized you know oh my god oh man reading your own comments i'm not sure this is even useful i might just uh leave this up so people have an outlet but it's like here go yell into this (laughs) shoebox. i'm I'm not reading this stuff anymore
0: i check all of it we have a va
1: right now we check it all because it's new But, like, we have a VA who basically will just summarize the, like, here was your score, and here's, like, the, the like, kind of valid criticism and the valid, like, compliments. Um, So I'm just going to read that from now on and not the, like, the raw stuff unless I really need to go hate my life.
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of – I'm actually – for this Maven thing I'm doing, I'm talking about feedback. I'm, like, not all feedback is important. Like, for example – Um, If people complain about pricing, I'm like, I don't really listen to that. I I don't care what they say about price because I'm not going to change. Another thing is like, um, if they say like, well, I wish you would have sent that email. This is what we used to get in the hustle. Like send that email earlier. Sometimes I'm like, all right, we'll do it. But then once we started sending at 6 a.m. and I would get complaints, I'd be like, I'm not listening to this anymore. I'm not, we're not doing it. Um, And so it it is hard to figure out what is actually important and what's not. And for a lot of feedback is actually not important.
1: Totally. It's all noise or it'll whiplash you. You do one thing and then they'll say one thing. You do the other. I remember at Twitch, this happened. We went to an exec offsite and they're like, all right. So the feedback amongst the execs to the CEO and the COO was like, you didn't listen to our input enough. Like we felt out of the loop. You guys just decided it was too top down. And then the next offsite was three months. So they, they spent that whole offsite gathering like, what do you guys think? What are your opinions? What would you do? Like trying to get like the bottoms up three months later, it was like. Okay, we, let's read out the feedback from last time. The, you know what's happened in the last three months. Like, God, can you guys just make a decision already? You're the leader. You're supposed to just make a call. Like, why do you keep asking us? You're supposed to have the answers. It's like wow. It's like, it's like really extreme whiplash of like you know you never never happy one way or the other. And the, the best answer I got was like, if you take ten pieces of feedback, they're all informative. Nine will inform you. Uh, they'll like they'll tell you about the person. It's not about you. It'll tell you about them. And then one will tell you something interesting or insightful about you. You have to figure out what's the one out of 10 and what's the nine that's just about this person. Like some guy tweeted some feedback about my course, like saying, oh, it's going great. Like, you know, it's been awesome, blah, blah, blah. He was talking about like, I love the energy. Like Sean, just it's like a performance. It's not just like, here's some slides. And the guy and so some guy replies, he goes, oh, it's a performance. It's all about energy. Ah, oh, so basically, you, you you know nothing insightful. Probably just a big motivational talk, huh? Stuff you could have just found on the internet. And then the guy, <laughs> the original guy, responds. He's like, "Well, yeah, like you know, eighty percent of anything you could just go Google and find." But mo- reality is, most people are not going to know what to Google, even if they they're not going to go take the time to Google. So it's great to like have it all packed in. And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I heard is I paying just to, I'm paying nine hundred fifty dollars just to hear Sean pump me yeah. up." It's like, all right, so that's. <laughs> that's about him that's not about uh, it's not about the course
0: <laughs> the biggest thing when when the hustle when we first I remember we we hired two it was just me and uh, another guy and we hired two or three interns and so these weren't even full-time employees and then we used to from the beginning we did this thing where every I think Wednesday we would go out to lunch and I remember uh, I remember the first time we had other people in that office um, I said all right well what do you guys want to do for lunch and I got Three or four different answers And I was like Oh Lesson learned Never ask (laughs) And so from that point on It was We're going here uh, And and I said Here's what we'll do Every week Someone else There's a decision maker Um, But you can't ask You just You decide Right And I found that people Are just happier that way And life's easier (laughs) And and oftentimes It's like that with feedback Where it's just like I'll listen to sometimes But most of the time I'm
2: just doing what I want to do And I'm just going to deal With the consequences Right Good night Yep Can I ask you a random question about milk road is who designed the, the like milk jar? Who did that little graphic?
1: Uh, I don't know. Ben got that made uh, or he found that somewhere. I think he got it made from, there's a guy who we featured their, um, their DAO. So it's pretty cool. There's a bunch of designers that got together in this DAO, I think it's called vector DAO. And it's basically like high level designers. And they basically created a like a, like a ad hoc agency. So, companies come to them they pay them and then like anybody in the dow can like take the project and, like form a little guild like a five people that form a team and they'll go design the thing and basically it's like an agency that was like they don't have a hiring and firing process you just sort of join and you can either contribute or not contribute at the end of the day and so uh the thing is cool but it's pretty expensive it's pretty pricey so i think when we were featuring it we talked to some guy ben met some guy and then one of the people in vector i was like Yo, I just like, like, I like the Milk Road and your thing's so ugly. Like I got, I got to improve it. So are they he, Indian,
0: Sean? Are they Indian?
1: I don't think they're Indian. No, they, uh, and then, ben, and then Ben, every, what Ben does is he's like, he'll just post something. and be like, Hey, what do you, th- I made this design. What do you think of this? And the guy's like, Ben, I know what you're doing. You just keep showing me stuff. That's so ugly that I, like I can't help myself, but go fix it. Like, fine, I'll fix it again. And he's done that twice now.
0: <laughs> so I just did a reverse Google image search and there's an article written in the India times and it's using your logo, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> so maybe so maybe that one is maybe so, that icon is one that had been found instead of the design. But the guy designed yeah. like all the like banners and the the breaks in the like in the in the email itself, like the format of the design of the email. Wow! And look, why this do you ask one that,
2: Because lady... I really like the formatting and and the design, and it's really simple. Like it's basically just that little milk jar and like that color blue. <laughs> yeah. And I I find it really simple but attractive and memorable.
1: Oh, thank you. Wow. That's, Flattered. Are
2: you describing Sean or the yeah. logo? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I blushing right now? <laughs> Katie's got to watch right. out. She's got to watch her back. <laughs> All
0: right. That's the episode, I think, right?
1: Yeah. We're 17. Sam's like, I got a hard stop at the hour. And then I'm like, just, we just keep talking about random useless stuff. <laughs>